So I have to tell you, this is one of the, not the first days in all of this since we've been uh, ordered to stay at home and life has changed so much and all this, that it's really kind of hit home as today is one of the first times I think in, gosh, since 2006 that I have not been able to participate with my brother priests and seminarians. Of course, I wasn't a priest from 2006 to 10, but in the last 10 years, that I was not able to go to Charlotte for the Chrism Mass. Uh, typically, it's our, our local tradition in the Diocese of Charlotte that on Tuesday of Holy Week, all the priests of the diocese gather at St. Patrick's Cathedral there in Charlotte, uh, for what's called the Chrism Mass. Now, if you have the Magnificat, or if you kind of follow along, the Mass for the Chrism Mass, uh, the whole liturgy, the readings in that, are on the morning of Holy Thursday. Now, the Chrism Mass can be held at different times during Holy Week uh, because, for example, we have a lot going on on Holy Thursday evening, and we also have a huge geographic diocese. I mean, the priest coming in from Murphy, Father Alex Ayala is the pastor there right now, I think that's like a three and a half or four hour drive. So it just isn't really possible to have the morning mass on Holy Thursday with all the priests and then have us go back home for the Holy Thursday mass. So we have that mass typically on Tuesday. And in fact, if you'd like to, it will be live streamed today from the cathedral in Charlotte, I believe at 10 a.m. Uh, you can find that on the Catholic News Herald website. But just like uh, everywhere else, the uh, obligation not to gather in groups of more than 10 stands in Charlotte as well. We priests need to stay in our own parishes, and hence we're having Mass here at Sacred Heart today. So this is the first time uh, in my priesthood of not getting together with all my brother priests on Tuesday of Holy Week. It's a tough thing. I mean, and all of us, of course, are making many sacrifices at this time. I'm sad not to get to be together with them, but I will say one big benefit is getting the readings for Tuesday of Holy Week today rather than the Chrism Mass readings. And I want to share with you part of the Chrism Mass, and, and the reason it's called that is that the Chrism, the oil that is used in baptism and also in confirmation and also for ordination to the priesthood and to the episcopacy for the bishops is consecrated at that mass. Also the oil of the catechumenate and the oil for anointing of the sick is blessed at that mass. And so that will happen today at St. Patrick's and all of that oil will be dispersed throughout the diocese later on. But another part of the mass and one that I greatly appreciate every year is all of us priests renew our uh, vows from our ordination, that we recommit ourselves to following our Lord. And the reason why I say I'm grateful today to get this gospel, as opposed to the one that we normally get at the Chrism Mass, which is a different one, uh, is to get this example of the apostles. I mean, we see what Judas does, you know, that he is willing, you know, after taking that morsel from the hand of Christ, right? After taking that, and frankly, too, after three years of being with Jesus in his public ministry, is willing to go out and to betray him. And St. John really nails that point home uh, very drastically with that standalone sentence, and it was night. 
So Judas enters into the darkness. He goes out from the Last Supper into the night, away from the light. He, who was one of the twelve apostles, who was with Jesus all of that time, turns his back on him and enters into the darkness and leaves him behind. But you also have, of course, the example of St. Peter, right? You know, it's, it's a very different sort of example than Judas, but nevertheless, we know that Peter has his faults and failings as well, right? And at this point, it seems as though Peter is very much self-reliant. He's very much convinced of the fact that he's not going to let Jesus down, right? That line, I will lay down my life for you, right? He's so convinced that he can do this, that he won't run away. And of course, Jesus in the gospel this morning predicts exactly what's going to happen. We just heard it in the gospel on Sunday for Palm Sunday, and we know it so well that Peter denied our Lord three times. And I just really noticed, too, this past Sunday in hearing uh, you know, the, the gospel proclaimed when Darren was the narrator for us, that it almost like emphasized that, and then another girl said to him, you too are a Galilean. And it was like almost to show that the foe that's right there, I mean, it's not as though that girl is going to beat him up physically, right? And yet, what does he do? He denies our Lord. Even cursing and swearing and saying an oath, you know, all of these things, Peter, who had been relying on himself, relying on his own zeal and, you know, he can do this. He will never deny, even if everybody else does. But our Lord knows that Peter is not the rock because he in and of himself is so amazing. But ultimately, where does the strength come from to be the apostle that he's called to be? And I would say that it ultimately comes from the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I apologize, obviously I have a special devotion to him since we share the same name. But we don't look to Judas, who turns away and goes out into the night, to Peter, who's convinced of his own you know, strength and ability not to deny Jesus, but to who? To John, who does what? Who leans on the breast of Jesus, who stays close to his most sacred heart who doesn't make a declaration of his own zeal and how impressive he is, who doesn't turn away from the light and go out into the darkness, who doesn't get distracted by other things, but ultimately stays close to Christ. And that's ultimately what myself, my brother priests throughout the world, all of the bishops are called to do, that ultimately our job in the parish is to be close to Christ, to stay absolutely focused on him each and every day of our lives. And have you noticed, you know, during this time where we haven't been able to gather for public Mass, I mean, I know that I've heard, I heard some people say sort of the threat of, you know, people aren't going to want to come back to Mass. You know, what, what do you do? And, you know, they don't have the obligation. Man, when it comes back, are they ever going to come back? You know what? Yes. Why? Because it's Jesus Christ. That ultimately, I'm sure many of you are noticing this hunger, this wanting to be with him. And I will say I'm grateful that right here in the Diocese of Charlotte, we're keeping the doors open. I mean, come in, rest with him in the Blessed Sacrament. And I know that so many of you, hopefully all of you, are longing to receive him once again in the Eucharist. And that's the heart of everything for us as disciples, but I would say especially for us as priests. If our lives are not ultimately connected to his most sacred heart, if we're not like St. John, resting on that sacred heart, 
then what are we here for? Ultimately, we can easily fall like Judas. We can turn away from the light and go out into the night. We can follow many temptations, be they horrible ones like, you know, pornography or prostitution or terrible things that are totally in the darkness or even things that don't bear the light. Stupid hobbies that really I didn't give up a wife and children, that I didn't make these vows to go out there and be an incredible whatever, but not focused on him. Or... There's the other danger. Being like Peter and being convinced of my own talents, my own strengths. I'm going to do this. I'm going to save the church. I'm going to be the one because I've got these particular skills. And of course, our Lord uses the gifts that he's given us. I think of you know, the great priests that we all look up to. Venerable Fulton J. Sheen, that incredible preacher from Peoria, Illinois, by the way. It's wonderful. St. John Vianney, you know, the curé of ours. You think about these wonderful holy heroes of the past, or even the ones that might not be as well known that we've looked up to in our own lives. I got to attend the funeral of Father Arthur at Belmont Abbey about a month and a half ago. What an incredible man who lived that vow of obedience so well and showed so many how you can do that in such a simple, gentle, and beautiful way. Think of Monsignor Joe Kieran, who served the Diocese of Charlotte from its beginning days in so many different places all over. And we all have priests that we've looked up to. And God has used their individual gifts and characteristics. Heck, even their faults and their failings. But it's when they're animated by the love of Christ that they are able to go out there and do what our Lord has called them to do. When ultimately, they imitate St. John when they rest on his sacred heart. So I just want to conclude today by reading the questions uh, from the bishop at the Chrism Mass of the renewal of our priestly promises. And even though I'm not able to gather with all of my brother priests today and to do that with them, I want you, A, to hear the promises. I also want to ask for your prayers for myself, for our wonderful seminarians, for our priests throughout the diocese, throughout the world, for Bishop Jugas, and frankly for all of us, that at the end of the day, we stay focused on Christ. That we don't rely on ourselves, that we don't get distracted by things out in the darkness, but ultimately that we embrace the light of Christ in our hearts and bear that light out into the whole world. We're all in this together at the end of the day. We're all part of the body of Christ. Please pray for us priests that we stay close to him and lead everyone else there as well. And this is the opening lines that the bishop says after the homily at the Chrism Mass addressed to us priests. He says, Beloved sons, on the anniversary of that day when Christ our Lord conferred his priesthood on his apostles and on us, are you resolved to renew in the presence of your bishop and God's holy people the promises you once made? To which I would respond, I am. And he says, Are you resolved to be more united with the Lord Jesus and more closely conformed to him, denying yourselves and confirming those promises about sacred duties towards Christ's church, which prompted by love of him, you willingly and joyfully pledged on the day of your priestly ordination? To which I respond, I am. Are you resolved to be faithful stewards of the mysteries of God in the Holy Eucharist and the other liturgical rites, and to discharge faithfully the sacred office of teaching, following Christ the head and shepherd, 
not seeking any gain, but moved only by zeal for souls, to which I respond, I am. Then the bishop turns towards the people of God and says, As for you, dearest sons and daughters, pray for your priests, that the Lord may pour out his gifts abundantly upon them, and keep them faithful as ministers of Christ, the high priest, so that they may lead you to him who is the source of salvation, to which the people of God respond, Christ hear us, Christ graciously hear us. And then the bishop continues, and pray also for me, that I may be faithful to the apostolic office entrusted to me in my lowliness, and that in, in your midst I may be made day by day a living and more perfect image of Christ, the priest, the good shepherd, the teacher, and the servant of all, to which the people of God respond, Christ hear us, Christ graciously hear us. The bishop then closes, May the Lord keep us all in his charity and lead all of us, shepherds and flock, to eternal life. Amen. May our good Lord indeed do that. All the shepherds, all the flock, May he lead us all closer and closer to his most sacred heart and to eternal life. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.